first of all, the mind only works from one way, only works from inside out, meaning stress or any other feeling only comes from within, meaning there is no such thing as a stressful circumstance. Yo, 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 what up? Welcome to the Mindful and Ruthless Podcast, where you will learn the mindset, the strategies, and the tactics in order to develop a full-stack life. Hey everybody, what's up? My name is Sagi Schreiber. I'm an entrepreneur and the founder of Mindful and Ruthless, and of course, the host of the show. So, um, my guest today is an author, an entrepreneur, and coach. He's the CEO of Humans Working, an executive coaching firm that helps executives and teams build organizations that inspire innovation, productivity, and loyalty. He's also the author of the book, Human Operating System, Why Cultures and Mindsets Beat Strategy. It's a book that I just read before this interview and really enjoyed it. So I recommend you all read it as well. So this is an important episode for anyone in the group, just because it's very much kind of like on the mindful side of the mindful and ruthless spectrum. So it might hold some opinions contradicting with the ruthless side of the spectrum. But as professionals trying to build the perfect life for ourselves and our loved ones, I believe that you know we must reach out to all opinions on both ends of any spectrum and then be able to take away what we feel works for us. So in this interview, we talk about mindset versus strategy, about the nature of our thoughts and the results on our business and life. And we also get to hear some truly amazing stories by my guests, including what his mindset was like while he was getting robbed at gunpoint. <laughs> so there's also an addition to this episode. As you all know, this podcast is broadcast, broadcasted live in the Mindful and Ruthless Facebook group every week first, just before you listen to it here. So that's for you to be able to interact with the guests and ask questions live. So if you're not in the group, I very much welcome you to join. Just go to Facebook and search for Mindful and Ruthless. And at the end of this live interview, so we actually shot up the live transmission to the Facebook group and um, we just ended up continuing our conversation and actually getting into some super deep stuff. Fortunately, I accidentally still hadn't stopped the recording of the session. So after finding out, we decided to keep it and put it here, um, raw, really, like as it was and shared with you all. Um, I think this is actually the most important part of the conversation. It's super real. We didn't know we're recording this. So be sure to stick around till the end. So without further ado, ladies and gents, allow me to introduce to you author, entrepreneur and coach, Naftali Visser. Let's get mindful with this. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mindful and Ruthless show. And today on the show, I have uh, Naftali Visser with me. Naftali is a coach for executives and entrepreneurs that helps them basically build amazing companies, amazing cultures, amazing lifestyles for themselves. Just by using the resources we have within us, he's definitely like a great in terms of the, the, the way that he talks about success, the way that he, uh, I can really relate and everything that we talk about on this show and everything that we see from the people that have been here, like it's all of what Naftali is about. Naftali has an amazing book. I actually read it. It's called Humans Working. I'll post the link here in the show notes as well for you guys. Uh, as you all know, if you're new to this show, the, like all the show notes and everything will be posted about half an hour after the live show ends. And if, you, if you're listening to this on iTunes, on, on the podcast version, or if you're watching this on the YouTube version, uh, you'll have the show notes also. So thank you so much for joining us, Naftali. Like, pleasure you. to have you here, man. Oh, thank you. 
And um, before we dive in, I just wanted to give a shout out to our friend Anna who connected us because um, really, really kind of a cool way. I know she's a friend of yours and she had just moved to the US from, from Israel. And she messaged me and said, you know, I, um, I, I came across your name in some, something, some book somewhere, or some flyer for a local <laughs> event. And uh, maybe we could help each other with some stuff. And we met and we really hit it off. And, and she said, oh, you really have to meet my friend Saji. And um, <laughs> so it's, it's really nice that we've met. Yeah, yeah man, I, I, it's, as I told you before, it's kind of like, you know, it's, an, it's, a, it's a great way of meeting people. Like, you know, just like, like so thank you, Anna, for connecting us. Um, and as soon as I got to your website, I'm like, oh my God, like I, this book of yours, Human of Working, how your mindset can, you know, basically how mindset uh, beats strategy or something like that, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I'm like, right, that's, that's amazing. And recently, uh, just so you know, I've been on this whole journey of really improving my mindset. I think that I found one of the things that I found out in the previous, just like six months is how important the mindset is way over everything, like including like strategy and stuff like that. It's exactly that. And then when I saw your, the title of your book, I'm like, oh my God. I, you know, first of all, I went onto Amazon and bought it and I listened to it. And, and then, yeah, we got in touch and I got you uh, and, and you agreed to come on the show. So thank you so much for coming on and thank you for your time and really appreciate it. Oh, it'll be super fun. Yeah. Yeah, man. So you got an incredible story. I, I wrote a bit about it uh, here when I posted the promo, but ev for everybody watching or listening to this, uh, how about you tell us uh, a bit about your story? Sure. So um, uh, it was quite a while ago now, probably um, about 17 years ago, um, that I started a business. I started a business when I was 23. Um, I'd worked at a couple like really large advertising agencies working on some of the biggest brands in the world. And not only working on the biggest brands, but working on the very first websites for those brands. So for like Kraft Foods and L.O. Bean, American Express, uh, U.S. Air, a few other ones. Nice. Um, like the very, very first versions of their websites, like I said. And it was, it was a fun experience. It was like really great to be in that sort of exciting time. But I just felt like the, the culture at these companies was not what I wanted to be involved in. Right? Just a very sort of like grind all the time, 24 seven work till your fingers bleed. And, um, you know, I just didn't want to do that. So I started a company and the sort of the entire intent of this company that I started was to have a cool, fun place that people would want to come and work. Right. I didn't really care. I, mean, I knew we would write software just because that's kind of the only thing I knew how to do at the time, but I didn't really care about, you know, we're going to create the best, you know, software in the world. It's going to be, life-changing. It was just like, let's have a cool, fun place to work. We'll get some cool projects. We'll do some cool work. We'll pay people nice salaries and we'll go on our way. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did for four years. Um, we grew it to 15 people and we really just had a, a fun time. It started out in my apartment with me and a buddy um, who didn't even work full time. And we grew it to like six people in my apartment. Everybody came and <laughs> basically sat in my living room all day and we worked. Nice. And then um, we got a proper office in downtown Boston and and like I said, for about four years, it went really, really well. We had some great projects, uh, paid everybody really nicely, great benefits, et cetera, et cetera. And then we had a kind of a couple uh, tragic events happen, like within a two-week period. Um, basically, um, one client didn't pay us for a lot of money that they owed us, and all of our other clients kind of dried up at the, at the same time because the economy was in a tailspin. Yeah. So we couldn't really recover from both of these events. So I uh, sat my team down 
it was uh, 10 guys at the time. And I was like in tears and I was like, it's a, you know, it's been so much fun working with you and we're a family and love you and et cetera, et cetera. But there's just no option here. You know, it was uh, Wednesday needed to come up with $40,000 by Friday. I had literally probably $500 to my name. That wasn't going to happen. I said, said, go home. You know, like your, your health insurance is canceled. I, I can't pay you for this, uh, this pay period. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll still be friends. And they just sat there kind of silent. And uh, I just begged them to, to say something. I said, somebody, you know, please just, just say something. And one guy said, yeah, I'm not going to leave. And I didn't really know what he meant. And I, so I just kind of ignored it. And then, you know, the next guy said the same thing. And somebody said, you'll come up with something you always do. And so basically 10 people agreed to stay. And I said, that's sweet and all, but um, I think you're all just kind of caught up in the moment, uh, the adrenaline of the moment. We'll see what happens tomorrow, you know? Sure enough, the next day I showed up expecting nobody to be there and they were all there. And for two months they showed up and we worked on stuff. I'm not actually even sure what we worked on. We, we sent out a lot of proposals. Um, and in that two month period, we got our biggest contract ever. Um, and because of that, we were able to sell the company to another company that had been, we'd been in discussions with previously. And you know, that acquisition was not like amazing. We didn't all get rich or something, but we all got to stay together and, um, we all, you know, got to keep our jobs and, um, you know, we're all still friends. So it was a really kind of a amazing story. And so since then I've been, um, much more interested in the human aspect of things. Like what is it that creates that sort of loyalty? And even if you don't have kind of a catastrophic event, what is it that creates that sort of engagement and ability to do work? and be prosperous, you know, while you, while you're just working in general. And so that's what I've spent my several years doing. And that's what I do now. Awesome. Awesome. And, um, and so right now what you do is like you work with top executive CEOs, right? Like basically like top executives to, to work on their like success in terms of like using mindset strategies or how do you, how do you work with your people, with your people right now? Yeah, so I work with executives and teams in companies, and I um, instead of strategies to how to improve your mindset, I really just kind of teach people where the human experience comes from. So, mm-hmm. whatever mindset you have, where is that coming from? All right. So I can I can tell you a little bit more about that. A lot of people that talk about mindset really do talk about strategies, right? Like how to always be in that optimum mindset right? Always think good thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I'm more just kind of teaching people like where good thoughts come from and where bad bad thoughts come from and what to do about them, right? So it often, we often, when we feel bad, we feel stressed. Yeah. It looks like we need to change that. looks like we need to do something about it. It really looks like there needs to be a strategy for getting rid of that stress. And further, it looks like that stress is coming from something outside of us, right? So it's kind of this two-sided problem. It looks like one of two things. We either have to get rid of the thing that's stressing us out, right? Like the annoying boss, project we didn't get, or the low bank account, or whatever. 
And once we fix that thing, then we won't feel bad anymore. Okay. Or we need to think better thoughts. We need to change our thinking. We need to see the silver lining. We need to do all of these things. Meditate, right? Go for a walk in the woods, uh, pray, whatever it is. And the direction that I'm pointing is that, um, first of all, the mind only works from one way, only works from inside out, meaning stress or any other feeling only comes from within, meaning there is no such thing as a stressful circumstance. Mm -hmm. And secondly, when you do feel stressed, you can recognize that it's not coming from outside you. But also, regardless of where it's coming from, you can recognize that already this thought is on its way out. Like a new thought is always available. And as new thoughts show up, which they always do on their own without you doing anything, your mindset, your feeling state, if you will, will shift. Uh And it even seems like trying to change your mindset often has the reverse effect, right? So you feel stressed, you tell yourself, well, I know it's going to get better, or it's only going to be this way for a few more weeks, or, or, you know, other people have it a lot worse than me, or or I'm going to meditate, and then you start thinking about the problem more, and it just kind of feeds on itself. But what usually happens is life just kind of carries carries on, and the, the feelings take themselves away on their own and new thoughts, new feelings come. So you say when, when basically, I guess we entrepreneurs, by the way, it's a roller coaster for us. Like life as an entrepreneur is a fucking roller coaster. So I'm like, and that brings stress and that brings feelings. And I just had a situation where like I had a project that should have went down and didn't. It just fell. So for me, it was like a failure. I pitched a product, a, a project that was supposed to be super, super high end, like very, very nice. I pitched it wrong and it failed. So meaning like I, I, the client did not accept the offer. So I was like, and the other hand, um, I, I got an, uh, an, a, an okay from Pat Flynn to work with him on an amazing project of his own. So mm-hmm. like, it was a crazy two weeks of a roller coaster getting the opportunities of both those people. And then like going back and forth, like getting a team around and trying to pitch to one, trying to pitch to another and like, you know, getting a no, getting a yes, getting like, you know, like that, that was a crazy kind of like roller coaster of, of feelings. And, and I remember telling myself in this, like, Sagi, like you just can't be putting yourself inside a roller coaster. It's just not, what will it do for you? Will it do any good? Yeah. Will it? And, and when I did that, when I told myself, like, I can choose to be in the roller coaster, I can choose not to be in a roller coaster. You know, like, it is what it is. It's just a game. It's a game. Yeah. So I remember it really, really helped. But my question is, should I have, should I have just, like, I, I do remember saying, like, you know, Sagi, you should meditate maybe. You should, like, you know, do the, like, try to be conscious of the problem. And so, I mean, you do have some kind of strategy when you're talking about you know, teaching people how to know how to get rid of the feelings of stress and other bad feelings and stuff like that, right? Well, let me, let me, let me answer that because I think uh, it is kind of a do-nothing strategy, right? Meaning there really, there is nothing for you to do. There's nothing 
uh, there's nothing even possible for you to do for your well-being to be more intact than it already is. Right? Like every human being's well-being is already 100% intact all the time. And so these bad feelings that we get, whatever you want to call them, they're just an aberration from that, right? They're just, they're, they're just, they're just bad feelings. And in the same way that, you know, a pond, if you just, if you disturb a pond by throwing a big rock into it, yeah. well, that's not the pond's natural state, right? But right. the natural state is calm and it will get back there on its own without doing anything once you've thrown the stone in, right? And in fact, the more you try to do, if you try to take a stick or a magnet, or I don't even know what you would do to try to make it more calm, it's only going to make it worse, right? So I really don't teach strategies at all. I I teach that, for example, when you were talking about, um, well, you said you had a a project that didn't go through, right? So let's just talk about sales in general. Now, some people that I've talked to, they make a phone call. They're hoping it goes a certain way. It doesn't. And then they shut down for weeks at a time. They just can't get over that thing. Yeah. Other people, let's say professional salespeople, often will talk about how every no is just one step closer to a yes, right? And so a no is almost like um, invigorating to them. They're like, oh yeah, I'm just, you know, it's just one step closer. (laughs) Now to try to teach, let's say person A, that strategy, why don't you be more like person B is going to be really, really, really tough. Yeah. But to show them that, the only thing that's happening in both cases is we're experiencing our thinking. If we were experiencing the thing that is happening, well, then everybody would be discouraged when somebody said no, right? Yeah. But it's not the case. Some people are very encouraged. Or if you go into a, a big meeting and the boss is like screaming and pounding his fist on the table, some people are going to say, wow, that was such an inspiring pep talk. I'm going to go do it. And some people will go in the bathroom and cry for an hour. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right. Now, if it was the thing, the circumstance that was creating that experience, well, everybody would have the same experience. But yeah. it's not that way. And it's not even that the salespeople always have one kind of experience and the other people always have one. It's, it varies all the time. All the time. And this isn't just at work. You know, we see if you wake up in the morning and you're just in a great mood and you everything looks great in the world and your kids are, you know, making a mess of the kitchen. It doesn't bother you at all. Right. But if you wake up and everything looks black and everything looks horrible in the world and your kid does one wrong thing, you know, you're like, why do you have to be so? And it looks in that moment, it really looks like it's them, right. Who is annoying you, but it's just the same thing that's always happening. You're just in a different state of mind. Yeah, man. I mean, I like, you're talking to me and I'm like, I'm totally with you. You know, I had a lesson. I like, I sometimes wonder, I sometimes wonder why I feel how we're, we humans are kind of like uh, so unintelligent sometimes in like understanding stuff because we learn lessons the hard way. And sometimes even that we learn in the hard way, we, and we reflect back, we, we, can't, we can't put it into practice next time we're in the same mm-hmm. situation. So like for me, the first lesson I had, the first realization of it's all about the mindset uh was back when i was 20 i don't know 23 24 um got into buddhism 
but I reflected back on my army times. And when I was 18, I, I got in the army. Everybody here in Israel goes to the army. And I got into uh, being a fighter. So we had uh, four months of in intensive boot camp. Uh, that was like the first stage once you get recruited. And you're like, you're not, you, you barely even say goodbye to your parents. And then they take you on a bus and throw you in the desert. And then you're like, you're finding yourself in a very, very tough situation where you're like, People are yelling at you. You're running from one place to another. They give you like, you know, 30 minutes, 30 seconds, you've been to that tree. 30 seconds, you've been to that, you know, place. And you're all over the place, giving a gun in your hands and, and start to have like all this, like, you know, so many stuff going on and everybody's yelling at you. Your commander is just yelling all the time. Um, drop to the floor. Give me push-ups. Like, and I remember... For me being like a very disciplined person, I was in martial arts, I was like super disciplined person and I'm, I never got almost into trouble. I was like, why are they yelling at me? I mean, I, I just talk to me nicely, I'll do whatever you want. Like I can study this, I can get, like why am I being yelled at? I felt like the whole world is like, oh my God, where am I? Why am I in this hellhole right now? And I really took it seriously. I took it really, I got depressed. and. Um, first weekend, I remember I cried, like, I was like, oh my God, like, I'm not even, it's weekend, I'm not, I can't even go home, I'm stuck here in this base, and everybody's yelling at me, <laughs> and uh, I, I'm not even, I didn't do anything wrong, why are they yelling at me all the time, and this whole four months, I was in really kind of like a shitty mood, Sh shitty mood, like, I was, I was really taking it hard, and I was starting, towards the end, I was starting to open up maybe a bit, but still, I took it pretty hard. Um, but I remember one thing that really surprised me, really kind of like opened my, my, my mind is like, or, or like it opened my eyes a bit as I was like, some people in the camp were laughing the entire time. They were taking this whole thing, not seriously, like they were having a blast. And after we finished those four months, the whole service, they were talking about how fun boot camp was. And I'm like, guys, are you kidding me that fun what are you talking about i that was the worst time of my entire life <laughs> i've never been in a, in a you know darker situation and like, they were like are you crazy that was super fun like and and then like it took me a couple of years until i reflected back and said oh my god like it's just mindset and um and i could i could have chosen to take it lightly and say it's like a game and I, I didn't. I took it in the wrong way. So now I'm going to take everything in my life in the right direction. And like, and still, and still, I was like, How does it work out for you? <laughs> I, not, not so well, I guess. You know, like um, I've had startups on my own. I had stress. I had like terrible situations, and um, and I, I just didn't learn my lesson. But I think like now, only now, like I'm, I'm 35 years old now, and I'm starting to get it. Only now I feel that I'm starting to actually see everything that I learned, and and, and like coming into every time I had a bad day and I have a bad day I kind of like okay well it's just a, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be a bad day it's not it's nothing's going to tell me it's going to be a bad day and then it turns out not to be a bad day but I have you know so I think I mean I think there's like so it's important to to make the distinction that what I'm talking about is just the fact that we're thinking not what we're thinking right meaning every human being on the planet has thoughts pop into their head. Hundreds of thousands of them per day. Right? Mm -hmm. Now imagine if you had a little TV screen above your head that showed every thought that came into your head. Right? People yeah. would think you're crazy. Maybe they'd arrest you. Right? <laughs> yeah. Now, most of us know that we don't have to do something with every thought that comes into our head. Most of us know that when thoughts come into our head, they leave, right? 
you right. may have a thought of like, oh, you know, I really want to go knock this tree down, whatever, something violent. Yeah. Well, then pretty soon you're like, yeah, that was stupid. <laughs> yeah. But for many of us, when it's a thought like, oh, I really need to make more money. Oh my God. That's, that's a completely different thing, right? That's a real thing. And we make, we, we, it's a little thought, just like a little kind of like a sound wave that's yeah. entered our mind. And what do we do? We make it into this big red concrete box, right? As it enters our consciousness. And now this big red concrete box is like a real thing. And that looks real to us. Yeah. And then we act as if that thing is real. So I just want to make that distinction because it's very, very easy to get into the content and to think like, I am only, I'm only going to think good thoughts. That is virtually impossible. I know a guy who meditates 18 hours a day, not every day, but at times he does. Well, wow. <laughs> he still has a lot of crappy thinking that comes to his head. Yeah. And the difference is that you, you can notice that it's just thinking. It's just sound, right? Imagine if every sound you ever heard bothered you. Yeah. Right. No, you hear some traffic and you say, okay, there, it, it, there was people honking the horn. And what? Now they're not anymore. But you don't dwell on the fact that people were honking the horn, right? Like yeah. it goes away. And thoughts are really the same way. And so much of business at any level, whether it's you know with a $100 million company or a startup or any level, the same things happen all the time. We doubt ourselves and then we think, oh, well, why am I doubting myself? Well, I didn't get this contract, I didn't get that contract, I didn't get that one. That must mean that I'm not really cut out for this kind of work. No, you, you made up that story. Yeah. It could just as easily mean well, I've only tried three times. I need to try a hundred times before I get there. There's, there is no, and I'm not saying that that's what's true even. I'm just saying whatever you are believing is real is really going to seem real. Yeah. And then it's not. So how do you, how do you teach people that are to, to yeah. actually implement that into their lives? You know, like, yeah. So it's a good question. So I, I don't. I don't teach people how to do anything. I really don't. I, I show people really what is happening for every human being on the planet 100% of the time, at least while we're awake. Mm -hmm. okay. Thoughts are popping into our head. We're turning them into something other than thoughts. Yeah. It's like we're projecting this thought onto a movie screen. And then instead of watching the movie, like you said, as like a game or just a funny movie, we think it's a documentary and it's describing what's really true in our lives. Yeah. It's not. So I just teach people that that's what's happening all the time. So this is just sort of how the system works. So instead of talking about what we're thinking, the content, or even why we're thinking it, which is like programming, which could be your religion, culture, your childhood, um, brain chemistry, all of those things that combine into why maybe these thoughts are popping into our head. I don't care about that at all. All I want to talk about is the how the system works. Thoughts come in wherever they come from. They look real to us and we act on them. And then also what happens, the thoughts, new thoughts come in, push the old ones out all the time. And at every time, they always look real to us. 
I, I'll just give you a simple, funny example. A guy that I was coaching um, hasn't had a job in a year. Uh, he's kind of looking for a career shift, but he's still feeling a little down on his luck. And I said, I'm going to guess that some evenings, you know, you, you think or say to your wife, look, we can't go out to eat at all until I get a job, right? And that looks completely real to you. You know, you make a, a, a list of some sort, or you put a big sign on the refrigerator, or, you know, you pound your fist and you say, that's, that's how it's going to be. Then the next night, you say, nah, you know what? It's really important for our relationship to go out. And that, at the same time, looks incredibly real to you, and you're convinced that that's what you really need to do, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the only point here is which one of those is better? Who cares? It doesn't matter at all. It's that one looked completely real one night, and then completely opposite thing looks also completely real the next night. And then back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And just when you realize like, okay, there is no, I talked to another guy today who's got a lot of money in the bank and he's like, but I won't spend any of it because I have to hoard my cash. I've talked to other people who have like 20 bucks and they're like starting a business with it. They're like, I'll risk the whole 20 bucks on it. (laughs) Right now, which one is right? Neither, neither one is right. But just seeing that they really create reality. It's not the bank account that creates reality. It's the thinking. Right. So in terms of like, I'm, you know, because some stuff are really serious. I mean, if you say every time to yourself, like, yeah, let's go out, let's go out when you don't have the budget to go out. I mean, there's, there's the kind of thing that can get you to top spot. On the other hand, there is um, the mindset of when you're doing, when you're a businessman, you need to think about expanding, always expanding, always like going for the, going for the yeses, going for the, let's do it. Let's live our lives. You know, like kind of like that, that mode, um, instead of contracting and saying, Oh, I can't, I can't because whatever you say, if you're playing it, like you're expanding, you will expand, you know, stuff will come. Um, do you believe in that? What is your take on that? Sure. I mean, I, not because I feel like we're creating our future based on our thoughts. Like if we think rich thoughts, rich things will happen. Mm-hmm. I think if we think, I don't even say rich, like in a money sense, but like to, to the extent that we are having happy thoughts, we're going to have a happy life. Okay. But that doesn't mean you should try to have more of them. And what I have seen over and over and over again is that as people understand this understanding, if you will, that I'm pointing to of how the mind works, that when it's in a crappy state, you don't need to fix it. It will fix itself. The more that people see that, their level of understanding just goes up and accordingly, their happiness level just seems to go with it. And from there, right, from, and everybody I'm sure will relate to this, from a happy, contented, creative place, well, amazing ideas come from that, right? nobody's ever had a great idea when they're down in the dumps right and they feel the whole world is against them and they feel you know like i wouldn't mind if if the world ended tomorrow well that's not the place that brilliant ideas come from right and so when you're in those moods okay well maybe that's not the time to start a new business or to you know come up with a new business plan or to build your website but to know that tomorrow there will be new thinking and we've all experienced this too, like in just taking a shower, right? Where poof, brilliant ideas just come into us. Yeah. Because we're usually, you know, we've usually just woken up. 
we're, there's not a lot on our mind, we're sort of like relaxing, and boom, what happens? Naturally, the system is wired to bring those cool thoughts to us. So here's a strategy, have more showers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, a lot of people say that, right? Or meditate, yeah. or do drugs, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> but what I'm saying is this is available 24 seven without doing anything. Yeah. Just when you see that that's how the system is already wired. Right. And you I, know, mean, I have a little daughter. Let me just tell you this and I'll, yeah, yeah. I have a little daughter. She's six months old and she like just learned uh, to crawl, right? Nice, nice, yeah. And it turns out that if you are very like dedicated with your child and you pay a lot of attention to them and you play with them and whatever, they'll learn to crawl somewhere around like, you know, six to seven months. And if you just kind of leave them in the corner and, and ignore them, they learn to crawl around six to seven months, you know, maybe <laughs> seven to eight months. We already know how to do all this stuff. And it's not just that, it's everything else along the way. You know, I have a friend who I, I won't even tell you the story, but a really catastrophic thing happened that he couldn't possibly have expected, just out of the blue, catastrophic. And he knew how to deal with it. He came up with some amazingly clever strategies for dealing with it in the moment without having ever prepared anything, you know, nearly close to what the situation was. We're really wired with resilience. Yeah. Wired. I think that we're, and, and you give a great example. I think he's looking at children. We can learn so much from them. And you, I think you mentioned uh, when you give, when you, when you, in your book, you mentioned like when you throw it like, like a bunch of Lego in front of a child or just like yeah. giving them some crayons and, and paper, they'll find out what to do. They're creative. They're curious. They, they, yeah. You don't need to tell them anything. You can, you can sit and tell them anything you want, but they'll know what to do right away. Creativity is already in them. Curiosity is in them. So I really love looking at that as well. And, and it also in terms of, um, I talked about uh, something like I, I heard from uh, Grant Cardone called Massive Action, the, the law of massive action. Have you heard about that? Yeah, Tony Robbins talks about it a lot too, yeah. Oh, nice. nice. So yeah, so like kids are like all over the place. Like they're, they're always, always in massive action. And we adults, we're like, uh, we got to play it safe, you know, not to kind of like, yeah, we got to take care of ourselves, not to fall, not to, and totally we don't, we're like, well, like kids are all, 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 always in like this massive action mode and um, they're, they don't get tired. <laughs> well, I mean, they well, the thing do, is with kids, they don't think about it as like massive action, right? Like they're just yeah. doing stuff. Yeah. And I feel like with Tony Robbins or Grant Cardone, they're talking about like, you know, all right, you got to call the president of the company, right? Like go do something big. And I would say just do something, just do whatever it is that is calling you at the moment. And kids, yeah. they don't have a lot of thinking about it, right? You've never seen a kid try to walk and they fall down a hundred times and they're like, yeah, this is not for me. Yeah. Like you just keep doing it, not because they have to, or because they have to take massive action or because there's like a goal at the end of the road. I need to prove that I can walk. No, they don't. They just, they just want to walk. So they just do it and yeah. they just keep trying. And some kids do it in a few weeks. Some kids take a few months, but it's not a big deal. But as adults, we make a big deal out of everything. Right. And I, like something that you said before about like, just do what you feel at the moment. I think it really connects to something that I think is bad that I do in terms of productivity sometimes, but also good, <laughs> which is like, so I have a day full of tasks, right? Like, so basically I have weekly tasks. Um, I have my vision, which is six months. I have my uh, monthly goals. I have my weekly tasks based on that. I'm trying to be productive. 
Um, but then I have a day where I know I should do some stuff, but I, there's something that calls me out that I need to do, for instance, for my podcast. Like today I said for like two hours, just rearranging the whole podcast names, just because I felt I needed to, but I had guilt after that. I'm like, oh my God, I had so many other important things that I needed to do that was on my list for today. And I, I, I didn't do them. And this naming the podcast titles, mm. it, came came instead like why sagi why didn't you have the discipline to yeah. do such a like and but on the other hand i feel good i feel like oh finally i got this out of my way i was i'm in my head i got it out i got rid of that task which is also important so what do you think about this kind of like mode of productivity so i think that and look i, I fall victim to this as well and i'll give you an example after i talk about your thing we, we all have insecure thinking at some times Right. We all have thinking around, I should have been more productive or, or whatever. I could have, I could have achieved more earlier. Right. And then what do we do? We blame it on whatever's closest. Right. But these things, these thoughts, this just come on their own. We have insecure thinking. And then we say, Oh, why, why am I feeling insecure? And we look around the room and we say, Oh, must be because, you know, I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. And the fact is, no, they're, they're actually unrelated. It, we, we put our feelings onto objects. And I, my example is when I was single, I would feel lonely a lot. And of course it looked like I was lonely because I didn't have a girlfriend. And now that I have a wife and a baby, the other day I got really lonely all of a sudden. And I was like, huh, well, it can't be my wife and baby. So what is it? Oh, it must be because a lot of the time that I'm working, I'm just sort of working out of my home office and there's not a lot of people around. And then I caught myself and I realized that can't possibly be true, right? We never feel anything that's going on on the outside. We're feeling our thinking. And I just got some lonely thinking. And then what did I do? I tried to nail it onto something. Mm -hmm. And what's going to happen if I start working with a lot of people and I'm around people all the time, am I still going to have lonely thinking? Of course I am. And you are too. And everybody in the world is all the time the shift the, the transformation and i mean like caterpillar to butterfly kind of transformation comes when we realize that it's just thinking it's just the power of thought being brought to us and then we turn it into something mm. right that's all that's happening when you realize it's that's what's happening it's not telling you something about the real world it's not telling you oh you should go get a girlfriend oh you should go work with more people it's not telling you anything about that. It's just telling you you've got some crappy thinking and it's going to go away on its own through no fault of your own. It's not that you, it's not you that did the crappy thinking. Some crappy thinking came to you and through no fault of your own, it's on its way out. So when you say like, you know, you should really go with the flow and, and you're, you're kind of like in the mode of like, just like, let it come from you. There is some sort of active thing that you have to do, right? Like in order mm -hmm. to be successful as an entrepreneur, you need ambitions. I mean, like the way I see, like I have a six month vision where I really get ambitious with what I want. And I try to be as articulate as I can and try to be like very specific on my goals because I, I, everybody talks about this. If you don't visualize what you're going to, the end goal, where you're going, you're never going mm -hmm. to get there. And yeah. thoughts create emotions, which create action right? Like basically you 
think a thought, that's where I want to be. You visualize it. Great. That creates emotion, which creates, you know, neural networks inside your brain. Then you take it out into action. Goes along with what you're saying on one hand, but on the other hand, it goes against kind of like going with the flow kind of mentality. Um, What's your take on that? Well, I wouldn't have met you had I been focusing on my goals, right? Meaning if I, and I do this. Well, Anna wouldn't let you focus on your goals. Right. So sometimes I say, all right, look, what really needs to happen is I need to sit at my desk uh, for the next two weeks and I just need to write. I just need to write content eight hours a day. And because I have this goal, I want to get this book out by Christmas and blah, 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 blah. And then I don't. And usually it's in the times that I'm not that something really cool happens, right? So it's, it's kind of cliche to say like it's about the journey or take time to smell the flowers. But to me, in a very real practical sense, everybody that I've met along this entrepreneurial journey who has really helped me in some way, like this conversation, right? Like this is, I feel will be very beneficial to me in a, in a traditional business sense, right? Like a lot, you have a nice audience. A lot of people will hear my message. Hopefully somebody will call me something real, if you will, in in a business sense could come of it. But I only would have seen this if, because I was willing to have a conversation with somebody random who emailed me and said, hey, you know, I just moved here from Israel. Do you want to have a chat? I mean, like, how does that look like it's going to help me? Mm-hmm. It doesn't. But I'm willing to have a conversation. And through that, because, because you, you pointed to this before, we have this power of creativity in us, right? Good ideas come. And when I'm having a conversation with somebody, I don't think about what's the outcome that I want from this meeting. Mm-hmm. I think, all right, what direction are we heading? And I met with a potential client the other day and I said, okay, well, the direction I'm heading is I'd like to do some work with his company. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that would look like. I don't know if it's like going to be a three-day workshop, if I'm going to do some executive coaching with the team, if, I'm gonna, if, if it's even like the right thing. And so we just passed it back and forth. Like, what if we tried this? What if we tried that? What if we tried this? Because he's really excited, but doesn't know how to get me in there. Yeah. So it was just back and forth, back and forth. And we ended up at this really weird place that looked nothing like where the conversation started. But if I had come in there, like with, look, my goal is to get them to sign up for three months worth of this kind of coaching. There's no way it would have happened. No way it would have happened. And so I, I think that, um, the pre-thinking of something, the pre-conceiving of something, and then trying to make that thing happen is actually a detriment to a lot of, of, um, of entrepreneurs. And we, we look at something like uh, Tim Ferriss, right? Like the four-hour work week or whatever, and this concept of life hacking, right? And um, it's kind of cool, right? Where we say like, oh, well, if you're, you know, if you're trying to go around um, South America, if you need to like move a boat, oh, well, I just, you know, I just learned about the Panama Canal. So now I can shave a lot of time off. Right. Mm-hmm. And we say, oh, that would be super cool if I could hack everything. So what's the hack for this? What's the hack for that? Right. Well, the hack for this and that is knowing that you have all those hacks in your mind already and they will show up with clarity. So getting clarity is, is really what you want. Right. Yeah. And I've worked with teams who have been struggling with a problem, like a technical problem for quite a while. 
and like we'll just go outside together like out from the office no whiteboard go have a picnic together and invariably somewhere in the picnic somebody says holy shit that thing we've been dealing with we haven't i just figured it out and then somebody else will say yeah and they go and what they've been trying to do for months at a time they go and they they bang it out in in you know a couple of hours or a couple of days right mm -hmm. so it really does have massive practical implications all right, just wanted to take a short break here. Um, if you listen to this episode all the way here, it means you probably find value in it, right? So, well, I wanted to just let you know that this is a weekly show and it's published first on the Mindful and Ruthless Facebook group as it's recorded live. Yes, this is a Facebook live interview and it basically allows you to interact with the speakers and myself and ask questions as we're recording the podcast and we are trying to answer all of those questions so if you haven't already be sure to search and join the mindful and ruthless group on facebook i promise you you'll find amazing value in joining this community as long as basically joining a community with a lot of other amazing entrepreneurs so all right back to the episode so yeah, I mean, on, on one hand, yes. And then on the other hand, I know that if you don't focus on goals, like if you don't have a vision, then yeah. you're not going to get anywhere because how we grew up, like for me, okay, so like I'll, I'll, I'll talk about my example, right? Because I don't know anybody else. But like, I, like my example is like I never came from a, a rich, like nobody in my family was rich, okay? Um, I didn't grow up from a place that uh, knows how to handle money. I didn't come from a place which you know, told me, yeah, you can believe you're going to be rich. Like there's no, you know, and again, being rich is not the, the, the whole purpose of life, but it, it sure is a means to live my lifestyle the way I want. But the way I was thinking up until just like a few years ago, maybe it was just like very small in terms of money with time. My, my mindset grew up until the point where, when I started uh, coaching uh, with my, with, with my coach Calvin Wayman back then, it was like, then we started kind of like, he's like, how much do you want to make? And I'm like, oh, I never thought about that. I just, you know, enough. And he's like, how much do you want to make? What's good for you? Like, think about the, the, what would you wish for? You wake up in six months, super happy with your life. How much are you making? And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm like, so I'm making 50K Israeli shekels, which is kind of like a... a $12,000. 12000 yeah. So... Uh, yeah, so it's, it's like, okay, cool. So uh, let's let's think about that. Put it in your vision sheet. And then a month later, I already made 55. I'm like, holy shit, this works. Um, then, I, then I said, what if I can make 100? And then with time, I, I heard people talking and saying like, yeah, we have high goals and we think big. That's why we get big results. And not saying that I'm saying, I'm going to do whatever I can to get there because if I don't, I'll get angry. It's, I think it's the difference between going with like greed in terms of chasing something and, and the other, I'm trying to play out of determination, saying I want to get there, but I'm, if, if it doesn't get me there, no problem. I won't take it hard. I'm just trying to get to a higher state where I can think bigger and, and, and imagine things that I never imagined in my life because my surrounding never, you know, never um, told me, hey, you should think big and you should think specific. You know what I'm saying? I do. I totally do. And, and look, you, you can do whatever you want to do. There's no, there's no rules here. There's, there's no dogma. Everybody is completely free to do anything they want to do. Yeah. 
And I think, look, let's take an example that, that you know very well, that I know kind of well. Like uh, this, this uh, little country you live in, right? Uh-huh. Well, like in 1948, I don't think they said like, all right, in 70 years, we want to have like the best military in the world. We want to have like invented these like million different technologies for the world and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? That's not, they didn't have that goal. They had a goal of like, you know, creating a little place for them to live. And then they had another goal of like, all right, well, building some buildings. And then they had another goal of like, let's plant some orange trees and we only have a little water. So how do we deal with that? Right. And then we, Mm -hmm. and on and on and on and on and on. So the notion that you can't get somewhere without knowing where you're going, I, I think is false. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs even would say that the direction where they thought they were going changed quite a bit along the path. Mm-hmm. So again, you can do what you want. I, I think, I think being excited about what you're doing is a lot more powerful than thinking about where you're going. Because when the outcome becomes really important, it seems like people really kind of miss the journey. And I'll, I'll give you another client example. Um, a guy uh, also uh, kind of working on some career stuff. He. Um, he has a PhD in biology and he got published in uh, nature magazine, which is like the most prominent magazine for scientists, nature and science are the two. And I said, how did you do that? Right. And he said, well, I didn't, I wasn't even thinking of, of it. And in fact, I didn't even know about it kind of until they called me. And, but I just, I loved research. So I just kept writing and writing and writing and doing these experiments. And one of them turned out to be really cool enough for this magazine to sort of notice. I said, cool. I said, so why is it so hard for you to get a job? She says, well, because I have to have a job, right? And this, the outcome looked super important. And it, it gets much, much harder to get to the outcome, as I've experienced, in my opinion, when the outcome is that important. When you're really just kind of having fun with it and seeing where it goes, sure, working hard, all that stuff, it seems to be more fun and opportunities seem to open up and sort of like, uh, you know, tributaries or sort of branches that you didn't predict yeah. and often end up somewhere even better than you, than you could have thought of. And that's to me, the story back to the beginning of my company. I mean, to me, it looked like there was zero other option other than to close the doors. And then something that I had no conception of that was possible that people work for free from two months in, in which, in which universe does this happen? <laughs> that door just opened up. Like it's like a science fiction movie, right? Like this door to this never, never land just opened up. It's kind of cool, but it, but it's the more that I look, the more that I see that happening all the time. Right. So right now in terms of you, like, you know, as an entrepreneur and you're building your own business, so you don't have any specific goals or anything like that. You just like go along with the business opportunities that come your way. Yeah. My goal is more ephemeral. I think, you know, I mean, I want to teach this understanding to as many people as I can. I don't say a thousand or a million yeah. and I'd like, uh, I'd like it to lead to a more peaceful world. Right? I think helping businesses create better products, be more prosperous, make more money. That's all really wonderful. I think the side effects are more interesting to me. So almost everybody that I've worked with has told me that 
the business thing we worked on kind of fixed itself or we got a lot better. But they noticed that also the relationship with their spouse or their kids or maybe with an addictive behavior just sort of got better magically by itself. And they say, well, well what'd you do? I say, oh, I didn't do anything. You kind of just see how it's working now and things get better. And so I, I really think that that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of my goal. And just to bring it back to, you know, Israel, for example, and children, you know, if you put 10 Israeli kids and 10 Palestinian kids in a room, minus the language, which is probably they'd figure out pretty quickly anyway, how would you know who is who? Right. And they would, they would become friends and they would see that all these differences that they've made up in their heads don't really exist. So sort of this, this is a little different than what we've been talking about, but I do point to what's universally true for all humans, right? Not, not a particular idea or way of doing things or a particular mindset. Just saying, here's what's true across the board for all humans. And when people see in others, this, that they are much more similar to each other than they are different. I mean, peace just happens. I know that sounds really trite and Pollyanna, Pollyanna, but it just happens because how can you be upset, angry with somebody who is you, who literally is you? Yeah. And that bring me, brings me to, I mean, we're coming towards the end of the episode, but like it brings me to something that you experienced basically so uh, it's also from your book so you got mugged yeah. at gunpoint um i did yeah and <laughs> so um, I, we wouldn't tell the whole story but basically like i remember that you're you're like when you're at the point the the gun pointed at you then be, instead of being afraid for your life all of a sudden you felt kind of like this compassion feeling of like like oh well yeah he's just like a human he's just like me i figured he's got you know, he's living in a town that's kind of like, you know, dead and there's like nothing there and he has no prospects for a job and, and, you know, he's got a hard life. And like, you know, and I, I thought if my life was that hard, I'd, I'd probably be mugging people too. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not. Right. But I'm not sure exactly what I saw in that moment, but as I saw that, and again, I didn't do anything to see this, right. I was just, this feeling of, I mean, I don't know how to describe it and it sounds so weird, but it just was like a, like a rush of heat almost came into me and it was like a, it just felt like love coming through my heart. And I was like, I don't really care what happens right now. Not, and not in a like, um, screw you kind of way. It was just like, in a, if he kills me, that's okay. If he hurts me, that's okay. And whatever happens is really okay. But he's really, he really, it's not even that he's similar to me, right? That was like, it was really like he is me. And he's just like a different projection of me. And as I saw that, there was no way I could be mad at him, you know? And we, we had a little chat. I gave him some money. You know, we like negotiated on a couple other things and then he left. And then it was... It was one of the most like it was I've had business negotiations that were far more far more hostile. <laughs> so it was like a nice kind of, kind of negotiation with a gun. Uh, yeah, I was like, hey, give me your number. No, I, no, I didn't do that. Right <laughs> no, it's a it's an incredible story. I mean, I I don't know what would happen if I was in front of gunpoint, but like 
like that, but it's, I mean, we tend to look at people that hurt us and bad people, even that they cut, off us, on, cut, cut us off on the road and yeah. we're like, dumb motherfucker. Like, we, we invent their whole like, you know, story about their mothers and stuff and it's not nice. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, like I always try to think how to get rid of, of these feelings and it makes sense because uh, when I was 20 something, I was really, really bad with road rage. Um, mm -hmm. And I went to my Buddhist teacher um, and I told him, like, listen, I would really love to know how I can just bring down the, the, this feeling of madness when I'm on the road. I just get really, really mad. And I'm not an, a mad person usually, but just on the road, I get so pissed off. Um, I start swearing. I do stuff that I never do. Like, I, why am I like this? He told me, like, listen, everything's like, like candles. Your thoughts are like candles. And what you have on the road is a fire. And what you need to do is just like be conscious of your every thought that comes to your mind. And if you break it down, if you're in a road and someone cuts you off, then you have a couple of things pop up. First of all, you notice stuff with your eyes. That's sight. So you can say to yourself, sight. Then you can say to yourself, okay, what feeling comes up next? Which, which is like fear for life. Maybe you have fear. Then after fear comes mad, you're mad. And then you have will to action because you want to get out of your car and hit them. And then you have thoughts that come out to your mind about a story inventing his, where he grew up and why he's like that. And you know, all these kind of like, and, um, and all of these are small candles, but when they come together at once in a millisecond, this creates a fire and you get mad. Um, and you should just notice the candles. When, when I did that, after two months of just like trying to understand my thoughts on the road, road rage, disappeared like as of today i'm like almost not getting mad on the road almost never like people can cut me off they can I'm, I'm like okay fine like and yeah. and it really connects to what you're saying because what you're saying is like this you have to just like what it, it is what it is thoughts coming up to your mind they'll pass by themselves just notice them um mm -hmm. and like you mentioned in the beginning where you have this tv like in front of you just seeing your own thoughts will make them go away by themselves you don't have to do anything just see your thoughts and they'll go away well and just, this is a super, super important point to close on, I think, because as you were describing that whole thing that your teacher was telling you, I, I felt myself getting tired, honestly, because <laughs> it seemed like a lot, of, a lot of steps, a lot of specific kind of things to think about. Mm -hmm. And I'm, again, pointing just to the fact of not what we're thinking, not what this particular shape of a cloud looks like, right? I'm just saying there's clouds in the sky. And they're on their way out already. So when you see that your experience is coming only from the fact that that you are thinking, capital that, that you are thinking, not what you're thinking, well, then you can realize they're not real. Thoughts have no weight. It's just formless energy. It's like less than air, much less than air. Mm -hmm. And as soon as that air dissipates, a new thought is already in you. And um, I, I don't train people to do this. I don't train people to practice this. I just describe how it works. And I guarantee you that some percentage of your visitors, uh, your listeners now, will see something different and will have a shift just from hearing this it, without having taken notes, without having remembered a technique, anything, just from their level of understanding of how the system works being uh, raised. I guess. And can I, I guess. just add one more thing? If um, I just want to, I, I, uh, 
there's a lot of podcasts in the world and there's, we could do millions of these, but I, I just want to say like, I, the way that we connected both through a friend, but just how eager you were to, to chat with me and everything it was so warm. Um, I just want to say like anybody that's listening now, if you want to have a chat with me, feel free. We can chat for an hour. We'll see where it goes. It's not a sales call. We'll just see where it goes. If it looks like there's more help you want, we can talk about that. But I would love to really just have a chat with anybody in your, um, that's listening. And I'm sure you'll post the link. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I'll post every link that we, uh, we haven't talked about so many links, but basically um, I'll hundreds, post everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like just one, just like humans working, right? Like that's, that's it. Humans, uh, humansworking.co. Um, so, and so, yeah, totally. And I think that, I, I love your way of thinking. I'm, I'm also kind of like the, the fact that I'm thinking about your way of thinking is also kind of like, should I stop thinking or <laughs> are you just thoughts? Um, but yeah, anyway, maybe get rid of the word should too. Just throw that yeah. word out. Yeah. Who cares what you do? <laughs> yeah. So this was like a, a whole episode, uh, everybody about like, you know, the mindful part of mindful and ruthless. <laughs> this was completely on the mindful part. And, um, and yeah, this is, this is a, one of the reasons that I opened this community up and, and, and launched this community just for people to like, we're, we're entrepreneurs. We have this roller coaster. How can we understand that the system that can take up out this roller coaster and kind of look at it and say, Hey, that's a nice roller coaster. Roller coasters are fun or just like, you know, say yeah, it's a roller coaster. And so, I, I really love I really love this conversation. Thank you so much, man. Like really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. It was amazing. Thank you. Um, really appreciate it. And um final last thing that I would love to ask you is um yeah. what books are you reading? Like you probably read books as well. Like what what is your like your recommendations of books to get into the topic of this of this like hmm. of course except humans working, which is a great book and I recommend it to everyone. I'll post the link here. Um but yeah, what's a what's a great doing your on your own? Yeah. I think the book that introduced me to this understanding, which I should give credit to, is uh, called The Inside Out Revolution by Michael Neal. And then another one, which I think is amazing, is um, The Little Book of Big Change by Dr. Amy Johnson. And um, that uh, points a lot to um, kind of personal change, right? So that whether that's addictive behaviors or anxiety or things like that, that that's sort of the realm of, of that book. And the Inside Out Revolution just taught, kind of talks more globally about this understanding. Isn't, isn't Michael O'Neill the guy with the podcast, uh, Solopreneur Hour or something like that? Or am I completely... Uh, Michael O'Neill, not O'Neill. So he has a podcast called uh, Caffeine for the Soul. Oh, uh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Michael Neal. Okay, got Michael. it. Michael Neal. All right, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, because this is, there's an amazing guy called Michael O'Neill, but he's like, <laughs> all right, cool. Yeah, yeah awesome. Man, like, um, Naftali, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, so everybody, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, reminding this is also on iTunes. This is also on YouTube now. That we The first episode on YouTube is already live from this podcast. And actually throughout this week, the actually something like 15 more episodes will be added this specific week so if you're watching this live right now you'll know that youtube is for sure a place where you can go to watch these replays and also on itunes when if you're on the road you have uh you can you know just check out with your favorite podcast app just look for mindful and ruthless and you'll find this podcast there as well um so yeah Naftali, thanks again and everybody hope to see you again next week all right take care
Hey everybody, so just before we finish, I want you to know two things. Like one, Naftali offered a free one hour coaching call for the first 20 listeners that apply through the link that I post here in the show notes. It's totally free, it's totally free coaching call, so feel free to jump on the opportunity. The link can be found in the show notes of this episode. And as I told you before, at the end of this recording, we actually shut off the live transmission to Facebook but we ended up continuing our conversation and actually getting into some super deep stuff. So fortunately enough, I accidentally still hadn't hit the stop button on the recording of this episode. So after we found out about this, we decided to keep this last part and publish it for you guys raw as it is and like share it with you all. So I think this is actually the most important part of the conversation. It's totally true, honest. We did not know we're recording. So enjoy this part and let me know what you think afterwards in the comments in or like send me a message. I think it was super deep and wish for you all to enjoy it. And that's a wrap. <laughs> yeah man, thank you so much. Like great, great conversation. Yeah. It was great. Like I think about these things it's it's a whole kind of like when you're saying like you're on this and the on the spectrum of like don't have goals just have like general direction kind of thing and it's like for me it's i'm like i'm saying if i have general direction i can get to where i got to by having my blog back when i opened it in 2011 and kept it as a side job side hustle and then I didn't do almost anything with it. It was a side hustle. It developed with time. I ran, I, I, you know, gone with the flow, just like, you know, smoothly sailing. But I never made any, almost any money out of it. I made some money. But when I decided to actually hit a goal and launch an online course for my people, and actually when I started also listening to, to podcasts and surrounding myself with entrepreneurs that are high achievers. By the way, you're an high achiever as well. Like, so I'm like, I'm saying to myself, like, once I decided, I said, I'm going to launch a course, I made um, about 28K, like, dollars in, 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 the, in two weeks. And I'm like, I had this blog for seven years. Why haven't I done it already four years into the blog or something like that, where I already had a community and I was engaged and I already loved them and I could do this mm -hmm. course, I could do more courses. I could have had more success as an entrepreneur doing my thing and working on my baby and my community, which I love, and connecting me Maybe. back to... Maybe, maybe not, but I'm saying. But who knows? Would you have done this current thing that you're doing then, right? And I think yeah. we don't know. We really don't know what one micro turn different. You could have got hit by a bus too. You know, you really don't <laughs> know. Course. I mean, I think, I think it is super important to be really not grateful, but be like accepting of where you are right now. Like what is, just be like what. To be, that is to be in the present, right? It's like, here is what is. What is in the past does not exist except in your thinking. Whether that's a, like a traumatic past or anything, it just doesn't exist except through thought. Yes, but we entrepreneurs tend to lose focus. If we say, you know, we get trapped in the moment, we get trapped at work. And then um, if we don't have goals in a way, then we might miss out on our family. So for instance, like my goals are um, like my family first and stuff like that. So like my family goals are in, on top of my other business goals because I have priorities in my goals. And if my wife tells me, listen, we're just like, I picked up the kids and do you want to hang out for a while? I, I might just drop everything. And I actually did a couple of times already. I was just be, being mindful of 
now what what can I do? Um, I have work to do, but I have priorities and I have goals and my goals is to be with my family and therefore I'm not going to let anything come in the way of that. Um, I'm going to be with my family. Um, and yeah. I don't know if it's, again, like there's no right or wrong, of course, like Gary Vaynerchuk doesn't see his family at all and he's cool with that. Um, and that's cool. That's, that's, you know, and, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm really not saying that you shouldn't have goals. I'm saying to get too hung up on them often leads us to a less right. than fun, a less than fun life, right? It becomes a very serious life. And I think there's just so much more fun to be had in the world, you know, and, and like not, Oh, I got to go to Fiji or something. You're just like a, picking up your child and like, you know, squeezing them at any more. Like that's a very cool thing to do. For some people, if you enjoy that, right? And but the more you, that it looks like, yeah, I got it, but I got to meet my goals. Well, I, I don't know. It just, do you know the story about the MBA, the fisherman, the MBA fisherman? The MBA and the fisherman, rather. No. It's a just an allegory, but it's like this, this guy is a fisherman in Spain. He just has like a little boat, goes out in the morning, he fishes. like it, but this is how he makes his living, right? He catches whatever, a couple hundred yeah. fish, comes back. Yeah. has a nice lunch with his family, takes a nap, goes out for a few more hours in the evening. And this like MBA, Harvard MBA guy comes and like on vacation and he like talks to this guy in the boat. He says, what do you do? And the guy explains it. And the guy, the MBA guy says, well, don't you want to expand and this and that and the other thing. And like in 20 years, you know, like you could have this life where you could like have lunch with your family and you could take a nap in the afternoon and whatever. And the guy's like, yeah, but I already have that. Right. Uh-huh. And so I think it often, um, and look, it's not your fault. It's definitely like a very cultural thing. I think people used to be much more family centered and all just naturally. Right. But there's now it looks like we need to achieve in order to do, in order to be something. And, and I'm not saying you don't need to achieve. I'm just saying that like the, the less that the outcome looks important and the more you're just having fun doing what you're doing, which is what I heard with the uh the podcast right the, the where you yeah you're having fun and at some point it looked like yeah maybe i should go make money doing this and so you did some things and you made some money but that's all that really happened but then it's like a big thing like oh i could have done this earlier oh how come i didn't but who knows if you would have started this if you had if you had gone down that path yeah i mean i again like being in a situation where you have um, you already have a vision, then it takes you to a place where you need to get better as a person in a way. And I'm not saying have goals specifically. I'm not also trying to defend the position of having goals. I'm just saying like, my, since I had a vision, I've seen my life. I'm, I'm actually bringing mindfulness back into my life. I started in my 20s, then career, then startups, then I lost it all. And then when I started bringing that back into my life with success methods, in order to grow success, um, I understood that I, you know, I, I understood that I kind of um, am happier as a person. I have more time with my family. Um, I've, and I, I didn't when I went with the flow because the flow is the society flow. And society flow is work hard, you know, startup life, this is Israel, 
cost of living is high, everything sucks, economy sucks, politics sucks. Um, that, that's my surrounding, right? Like that's the surrounding here. Everybody like, and when I'm like starting to read all these people saying, you know, negative is just what you need to weed it out, you need to be more back into mindfulness, banking. So it makes sense um, to have a vision and not cling onto it. If what you're saying is like, and that's what my Buddhist teacher said. Um, he said like, don't do anything out of greed, do it out of determination. Um, if you have goals, fine, but don't cling on to them. If, if they don't happen, don't, you know, don't chase them. Just like say, it, it would be fine to get here. If I don't, it's okay. Um, and yeah, and that, that's, that's like thrown around a lot, but are we really okay with it, right? Yeah. Like, is it correct. really, is it really, you know, every, at the beginning of football season, I know you don't have American football in Israel, but like at the beginning of any football season, every team wants to win the Super Bowl, right? They're like, yeah, we're going to win. Yeah. And then some people get a lot closer than others. Yeah. But they still kind of go out and they play each game to win that game or at least to have fun. I mean, but they really are kind of having fun with it, right? Yeah. Not, they can't be thinking about, if you're thinking about on each throw, like, am I going to get to the Super Bowl? Am I going to get, <laughs> those throws yeah. aren't going to be very good. I can guarantee you that. Right. And so again, I'm, I'm not, I'm really not prescribing or not prescribing, but man, there seems to be a lot of, uh, are you religious at all? Well, um, no, I don't no, like me either, but you have sort of the normal Jew thing, right? Some, yeah. some level of something. Yeah. I mean, of, you know, of course I've been to the synagogue a couple of times and my grandfather was kind of like on the conservative side, but I, I was never. Yeah. I mean, the only reason I ask is it seems to me that like things are already sort of, there's an intelligence in everything, whether like, however you describe God, it's not like a biblical God, but how there's a, there's an intelligence in everything. The same thing that like turns two cells into a baby, the same thing that makes a baby learn how to walk without you doing anything and talk and everything else. And the same thing that makes us breathe and the same thing that brings thoughts in and thoughts out and thoughts in and thoughts out. That intelligence is pretty powerful. And it looks like to most people that they have to sort of do life. When in fact, life is just doing all the time. And life kind of shows you how to lead it if you're willing to listen a little bit. But we've gotten very caught up in this entrepreneurial or just every man for himself or survival, whatever it is, but it really looks like we have to do life. I think a lot more than we actually have to do. And a lot of people are chasing money so that they can get something else, freedom uh, or like uh, approval from the family or parents or peers or society uh, or more time with their family or something else. And it's like, okay, once I get there, then I can have all this other stuff. But it's like, well, you, you can have all that other stuff right now if you want it, especially happiness, because happiness has nothing to do with any of that stuff. And there's been people in Auschwitz, by the way, not to put too fine a point on it, that said, wasn't that bad? Yeah. One woman said, how could you be sad if you're with your child? And even that is not, you're not getting happiness from your child, but I'm saying, but she did see enough at least that these horrible, horrible, horrible circumstances 
they weren't going to get her down. They just couldn't. She saw that it was impossible. Yeah. And so we talk about being, we try to be more bulletproof, right? By adding more and more bulletproof vests, right? I'm going to make sure I have a big savings account and I'm going to make sure that my audience is big and I'm going to make sure I have a backup plan and I have this and instead of realizing that there's no such thing as bullets, right? You don't need a thousand bulletproof vests as soon as you realize that bullets are just made of air. There's nothing to them. You can be happy all the time. There's nothing that can hurt you. There's just nothing that can hurt you outside of your thinking. Just nothing. And that's, look, I didn't, I didn't go this deep on your thing because it was like a little bit more on a practical level, but <laughs> your, your well-being is intact whether or not your business succeeds, whether or not you get divorced, whether or not anything your well-being is intact 100% of the time. So if you know that, you can, it frees you up to do whatever you want. You can do a business that's very risky, that has a 5% chance of succeeding. Because what if it fails? It don't matter. It just don't matter. Yeah. And you have enough common sense and intelligence that you're not going to you know, choose to buy advertising instead of food right? You, you, you'll know at the time, all right, what to do. You'll know. And I've seen people lose all their money through no fault of their own and they get it back and then they lose it again and then they get it back. And there's other people who like, you know, lose a dollar and they tell, they tell you about it for a week. <laughs> and it's not having a particular kind of mindset. It's seeing that the whole thing is just made up of thought. The whole world is just made up of thought. If you go up in an airplane, can you see the uh, border between Israel and Gaza, for example? No. Mm -hmm. Only exists with, well, you could see the wall, I guess, but that aside, only exists with thought, right? Any border in the world only exists through thought. Money only exists through thought. Politics only through thought. None of these things are real. They just, they came from the human mind. So why make them real? But, and money is the big, this is the hardest one for most yeah. people to see as, it as is. not. It is. I mean, again, like, you know, for, if you don't get money, you're bound to go down. And yeah. I mean, you'll know, of course, you won't be probably if you're like an entrepreneur and a creative person, you won't be in the street. Um, the worst case situation, you know, you won't be in the street, but you, you might get in a pretty, really shitty situation where, you know. You might. But you don't have to worry about that because I know that you'll know what to do if you ever got there. Yeah, but also I'm asking myself, like, do I know what to do in order to get into a beautiful spot? Because I never had money. Can I get to a place where I'm no longer in an overdraft in my bank account? That's the kind of thing I'm always thinking about. I'm like, how can I get myself to be a better person um, to, to get out of the spots where I grew up in the environment, which brought me to a place where again and i'm not blaming i'm just saying that's how i grew up my parents were never rich there was always an overdraft um we never missed anything we got everything we wanted um but you know like then again i i'm sick and tired of you know you know having the irs and stuff sending me another bill for another like i don't know like 20k and i'm like oh shit uh yeah that's rich man's problem i don't care like but I, I don't have money to pay that right now let's hold it back let's get payments 
Um, I'm just like, I, I just want to be at the situation where I'm sure. Yeah. You know, I so, totally get it. And I don't think that I don't have the same sort of thing sometimes, but, but what if you knew, and I mean, knew like, you know, your own name that you could be happy and whatever you, whatever feelings you think might come with never getting another notice from the IRS. If you knew that you could have that right now without any circumstance changing, if you knew that that was, even if you didn't know how to do it, but just knowing that it is 1000% possible. What if I could do that right now? Like, yeah, that'll be great, of course. And I'm telling you definitively that that is on tap 24 seven. It's kind of like you're, you say to me, look, I can go out every night and I can get a beer, but I only have enough for one beer. And I just want a place where I can like, you know, where I can go and have three every night. I said, okay. So what if I told you though, that there's like another bar down the street and for the price of one beer, you can have like infinite beers. Yeah. Or even for free. Meaning that what we're all searching for, we're all searching for good feelings. And they're here already. They're in you already, man. They're just, they're in you already because they don't come from anything else. And that is the biggest trick that has ever been played on us is, is, telling us once you get here, whatever it is, then you can be happy. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's what you're, what you're looking for. It's in you already. You know, Jesus realized this and they killed him for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. Yeah. yeah it's man. in you already. And you, yeah. and and I bet you anything also, because I've seen it with myself and other people, that the money comes more easily, regardless of what the target is, but the money seems to flow more easily when you're not thinking about it. And when you already know that if you call somebody and you ask for a deal, it really doesn't matter if it happens or not. Now we all say that, but to the degree that you actually mean it, which maybe it's 80% some days, maybe it's 98% some days, whatever. But to the degree that you really mean it and you just show up, we talked about showing up last time. Right? You just really show up. Like in this, this call we had today, yeah. right? I didn't know what we were going to talk about. You didn't really know what we were going to talk about. Yeah. But we both just were like, we're actually really, really here. And if yeah. we did that on every sales call that we had, <laughs> instead of measuring the time, I can't tell what they're, they seem like they're bored or get up all our head about it, but we're just really there. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm with you. And I just realized oh. when he said sales call, um, I have actually, an actual coaching call with, uh, <laughs> with a person from the group that I'm actually two minutes later. Right? Okay. Um, but okay. so I really got to, I, I could talk to you for hours, man. Like, thank you so much. Well, feel free anytime. We can have this chat. Uh, I don't care. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, man. I would, I would love to, I would love to kind of like, um, have another talk like this. And, um, but I'm, so yeah, I'm I'm flying right now to the states for three weeks and and uh, oh. on Wednesday, um, going to be close. I'm going to be in, in uh, Miami. In, I'm going to be in San Diego uh, for a mm -hmm. bit, and then after that, I'm flying off to uh, 
FinCon in Orlando, Florida, after that flying to the summit of greatness in Columbus, Ohio. So I'm going to be around. But, uh, wow. Well, that's yeah. nowhere near here, but, yeah. but have fun anyway. <laughs> yeah. You should come to the summit of greatness, by the way. It's going to be amazing. Like, Send me a link. I would, I'll, I'll see if I can make it happen. Yeah, if you can, that would be amazing. It would be okay. awesome to see you then have a coffee. All right, man, cool. So um, thanks so much. Really appreciate it, Naftali. Like, really. Always, always, always. Thanks so much. Like, and have a gmar and, uh, Thank you. <laughs> and we'll thanks. be in touch. All right, brother. Okay. Okay, thanks bye-bye. so much. All right, bye for now. Bye. And that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I would love if you could help me out and please rate this on iTunes. This is a new podcast, so reviews on iTunes go a long way and also ensure that more people will just get to enjoy it. You only have to do this once, not every episode, and it has a tremendous impact. Also, if you haven't yet, I would love to invite you to join the Mindful and Ruthless group on Facebook, where I host this show live and also share so much more with the members of the community. This will be a chance for me to get to know you better and I love connecting with my audience. All right, so until next time, remember to be mindful and ruthless. Ruthless with your gut feeling. Ruthless with your journey. Don't let anybody take you off your path, my friend. Keep on and I'll see you in the next episode. Peace. So the notion that you can't get somewhere without knowing where you're going, I think is false. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs even would say that the direction where they thought they were going changed quite a bit along 